How's everybody doing? It's good to see you today. Um, you can see me. I can't see you, but I trust that you're well. And I'm just so grateful today for another chance at life. I'm sure you are too. You wake up in the morning and uh, you look around, you turn on your television, uh, you get out your smartphone, and there's lots of reasons to be grumpy. Uh, but when you take a second and think about it, you also have reasons to be grateful. And uh, grateful that you have oxygen in your lungs, that you have people that love you. Maybe not everybody loves you, but there's somebody that loves you. There's somebody that cares for you. And uh, if you don't have that person in your life, this church is that to you. We care for you, and uh, we're on your team. We believe in you, and I'm believing today that God's going to do something special in our lives. Uh, my prayer, I really believe I have something to share that can change and transform us as people, help us maybe connect dots in some areas that maybe we've been struggling to find answers in. And so today I'm going to read from a passage of Scripture. I did this a couple weeks ago uh, that I've taught from before, and I'm doing this somewhat intentionally for some of you that may be newer to faith don't really know how scripture works or how our faith fully works. The Bible continually talks about how the word of God is alive. And it's not that it's, you know, has a mouth and it's breathing, but what, it, what it's saying is no matter where you're at in life, there's a new, fresh application. This is why you can read the same story a different time and get something different. This is why you say, oh, I've already read the Bible. Well, you really haven't because it's always talking even though it says the same words. So this morning, I want to peer into a narrative um, that we've talked about before. It's in Genesis chapter 9. I'm going to read from uh, the Bible app this morning. In Genesis chapter 9, we're going to be talking about the story of Noah. Some of you may know Noah as the guy who saved all of humanity um, by building an ark. What happened was God was upset with creation. He looked down from heaven, and he was really mad. The Bible says that he actually regretted making humans. That's how bad it got. There was murder, and there was warfare, and people were turning on each other. It was just a really, really ugly thing. And so God was just going to wipe it all out, but he saw this man named Noah who was a righteous man. And so he asked Noah to build this ark. You probably know the story. It takes you know, two by two, every single animal, and saves the world. So we're going to pick up the story. This is post the ark, and I'm going to read it, and then we're going to talk about some things today, and I'm trusting that God will speak to you in your heart. Uh, so in verse 18, I'll start here, verse 18, Genesis 9, verse 18, I'm going to read out of the NIV. It says this, the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan, okay, kind of try to track with me. These were the three sons of Noah, and from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Verse 20 says this, Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. But when he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside of his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked, and he went and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine, the text says, and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan. So Ham is his youngest son, but he says, cursed be Canaan, which is Ham's son. The lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. And then he also says, praise be the Lord, the God of Shem. Make Canaan, right? Be the slave of Shem. And may God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. I'm going to make this all make sense in just a second. Verse 28, it says this. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Noah lived a total of 950 years. And then he died. So I've been working on uh, this project. And it's a... It's a docudrama television series and we're hoping that it does good but it's it's 
it's centered around the topic of homelessness. And so we're digging into the homeless crisis. If you, if you go out any four corners of our city, whatever city you, you live in, chances are it's a prevalent issue, uh, homelessness. And when, when, when you look at people who are homeless, I think most of us, if, if maybe I can't speak for everybody, but I'll speak for me. I'm very empathetic towards these people. I would say that I care. But one thing that I found out in this journey of kind of doing this docu-series is that I really didn't care like I thought I cared. Because you can only care about something if you know about something. And I, I, had, I, I, I honestly, what I thought I knew and what was reality were two completely different things. I've spent hours and hours on the streets speaking with homeless people, and it's really changed my perspective. I remember talking with this one guy, uh, I'd walked up, with, walked up to him and we were having a conversation and mid-conversation he says, you see that Applebee's over there? I said, yeah. He said, I, I, I opened that Applebee's. You, you opened that Applebee's? Yeah, I, I, I was the one who opened that Applebee's. How, how long ago? Just a couple years ago. So if you could rewind two years and I would tell you in two years, you would no longer be running this Applebee's, but you'd be sleeping on the street just a block from the Applebee's that you opened. What would you say to me? He said, I would have said that you were crazy. I said, how, how did you end up here? He said, I, I got injured. He said, I got injured, and, and when I went to go collect disability because I wasn't able to work, there's a blackout period. And so there's a blackout period between when I was unable to work and when I actually get my money. And so I don't have a support system. I don't have family. I have no one to go to, so I'm forced to live on the street. So you're telling me that you, wait, so you would, you would work if you, if you could, because if I'm honest with you, I had very jaded perspectives of homeless people. I had this mentality that why don't you just get your act together? Why, come on, you can, you can overcome, you, you, can, you can do it. Why don't you just work really hard, keep going after it, fill out resume after resume. I, I didn't understand that there was nuance. I didn't understand that these people were real, real actual people. He said, I, I, I love to work. He says, I, I was a chef. I love to cook. He says, because I like to wow people. That was my thing. I remember my eyes filling with emotion, tears, thinking, wow, you're actually just like me. I know what it's like to feel like there's things in my life that when I do that, like, that's what I was meant to do. It's my thing. I was talking with another guy, and, and he had very, very slurred, slurred speech. He had slurred speech, I didn't know, but through the course of the conversation, because he had a stroke while living out on the streets. Nobody called an ambulance for him. He had, he had nobody to tell. No, nobody even knew that this man was having a stroke. He lived through it, but he wasn't able to speak clearly. And as he sat there, I just began to ask him, how did you end up here? How did you, how did you end up on the streets? He said, he says, my wife and my daughter died in a car accident. I said, how long ago? He said, 20 years ago. 20 years? How long have you been on the streets? I've been on the streets for 20 years. Because your wife and your daughter died in a car accident? Yeah. So what happened after your wife and your daughter died in a car accident? He began to cry. He said, I gave up. You what? I gave up. You gave up. And in that moment, this homeless man goes from being a homeless man to a human. Because who's to say that if I lost every single person that I loved, that I wouldn't give up? When I think about the people that I love, when I think about the people that I look to, when I think about my parents, when I think about my uncles and my aunts, when I think about my family members, who's to say, given those circumstances, they wouldn't have made 
the same decision. I can't go on from here. It's funny in life how you can lose sight of humanity. It's funny in life how you can see people but not really see people. It's fun. Think about, think about the person that you're mad at. Think about the person that you've been arguing with. Think about the person you've been gossiping about. Think about the person that has you frustrated and tied up in knots and the person that has you losing sleep. Do you, do you realize that they're human too? Do you realize that the things that they want are actually, they're not quite different, friends, from the things that you want? The things that they want are actually the things that you want. They want to be loved. They want to know that they matter. They want their life to count for something. They want life to be significant. They want to feel like, like there was a reason for which they existed. Yeah, we go about things different ways, and yeah, we have different opinions, and yeah, we have different motives, and yeah, we have different programming based upon the ways that we were raised, but we are not different. We are very much the same. But it's easy to lose sight of humanity when all we see is headlines. When all we see is headlines, we forget that these headlines represent humans. And when all we see is statistics, we have a tendency to represent, to forget that these statistics, they represent people's sisters and people's brothers. When you see somebody was murdered, you don't remember that that was somebody's mother. That was somebody's father that lost their life today. When I hear the rumors, these aren't just rumors. These are real people. These are your dad. These are your mom. This is me. It's easy to lose sight of humanity. It's easy to lose sight of what is human. Noah, a man of the soil, planted a vineyard. Noah, a man of the soil, planted a vineyard. Now, why would you call him Noah, a man of the soil? If you know anything about this man named Noah, Noah is so much more than just a man of the soil. Why would you not refer to him as to Noah, the, the mighty man of God? Why would you not refer to him as Noah, the man who saved all of humanity from calamity? Why would you not refer to him as Noah, the man who trusted God when nobody else trusted God? Why wouldn't you refer to him as Noah, the miracle worker? Because, friends, this story is not about Noah, the miracle worker. The story is about Noah, the man. The story is not about Noah, the hero. The story is about Noah, the human. Can you handle my human? Oh, I know you can handle me when things are pretty. I know you can handle me when things are good. I know you can handle me when I fit into your box and when I behave the way that you want me to behave. I know you can handle me when we have the same political views and we have the same agendas and we're on the same page and when I'm shutting up and playing my role and doing what you want me to do. I know you can handle me when I'm holy, but can you handle my human? Can you handle the parts of me that kind of fly off the cuff? Can you handle the parts of me that I don't like either, that I'm angry sometimes, that I'm frustrated sometimes, and I behave in ways that I really don't want to behave, but it's just in me. I don't really know why I do these things. I know you can handle the pretty parts of me, but can you love the ugly parts of me? Can you see past what is holy? Can you see into my human? Can you handle my human? It's hard to handle people's human. Am I the only one? <laughs> the things that divide our nation, the things that divide our families, the things that divide our churches, these are not holy matters. These are human matters. These, these are not issues of, hey, are we all on the same page? Because if we were all on the same page, we'd all be getting along. But it's, it's, it's about the human things. It's about the nuance. It's about the things that I have inside of me and the things that you have inside of you that you hate and that I hate, but I can't escape because it doesn't matter how holy I become, I still will always be human. Can you handle my human? 
Can, can you handle the parts of me that not just you don't like? Can you handle the parts of me that I don't like? Can you handle my human? Noah, a man of the soil. Noah, a man of the soil, plants a vineyard. Noah, a man of the soil, plants a vineyard. And he gets drunk off the grapes. He gets drunk off the wine that he creates. And he finds himself extremely human, exposed before his children. His son Ham comes up and he, he sees his father. And he's never seen his father like this before. He's, he's, he's shocked. He's shook. He doesn't know what to do. What, what, what am I seeing? This is not the dad that I know. This is not the way that I was raised. Everything that I've ever seen from you has been just follow God and trust God and God will provide. It was always about the ark. It was always about the God mission. It was always about do these things and God will take care of us. Who is this man? How could you be? How could you, dad, how could you be such a man of God and at the same time be such a man of men? How could you be such a man of God? How could you, on one hand, save the world, and on the other hand, be so extremely human? Sometimes it's hard to handle the human that I see because I wasn't taught to be human. Some, sometimes it's hard to handle the human inside of you and the human inside of me because I was never taught how to be human. I was taught how to be holy. I was taught how to do the, the, the do's and the don'ts. I was taught if you do this, then good. And understand when I talk about when I talk about holy, I'm not just talking about a spiritual hierarchical structure. I'm talking what is holy, holy is set apart. I was taught that if I do these things, I could be successful. If I stay out of the scandals and I stay out of the rumors and I stay out of the God, I was, ta I was taught if I do these things, then I can be successful. But I was never, I was never taught how to be human. And when I, when, when I never learned how to be human, when I see humanity, I become critical of it. What, what, what does Ham do? Dad, what, what, are you, what are you doing? This is not how I was, this is, I have never seen this before. Brothers, did you see what Dad did? When, when, when I don't understand how to handle what is human, I always become critical. Why do I become critical? Because that's what I learned to do with myself. Because somewhere along the journey, you didn't have to teach me that humanness was a part of my existence. I found that out on my own. And what happened is when I started seeing things come alive in me, oh, this isn't how it was taught. This isn't what, what it's, this is not what godly men do. Where is this coming from? Because I was never taught how to handle my human, I became critical of it. There's no way I'll be able to be like dad. There's no way I'll be able to be like you. I'll never be able to be qualified because I'm not that good. I'm not that educated. I'm not that articulate. I'm not, I'm not that pretty. I'm not that good looking. I don't have the pedigree. And when I saw the human in me, I became critical of it. And because I'm critical of the human in me, when I see the human in you, the only thing I know to do is to be critical of the human in you. Can you handle, can you handle my human? Can you handle the parts of me that are ugly? Can you handle the parts of me that don't behave? Can you handle the parts of me that you judge and you condemn and you persecute as wrong? I wasn't taught how to be human. So it's easy to become critical. Did you hear what they did? Did you hear what they said? You heard the latest on that, right? You, 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 saw, you saw what was in the news on that. You got the text message too. Did you see what they posted on, 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 on social media? Critical, 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 critical of what? Critical of human. Why? Because I'm critical of the human in me. And because I'm critical of the human in me, I can only be critical of the human in you because I was not taught. I was not taught. I was not taught how to be human. Can you handle my human? He goes to his brothers and he tells them, Dad is exposed. Dad, dad, is in a, dad is human. And the text says that Shem and Japheth, they take a garment. And, and they take the garment and they put it against their shoulders. 
And the text says that they walk backwards in the room not to look on their father's human. Not, not to look on their father's nakedness. Sometimes it's hard for me to handle the human in others and the human in myself because I was never taught how to be human. Other times it's hard for me to handle the human in others and the human in myself because I was not taught how to see human. What, what, what am I talking about? I was all, if, if, if I just don't look at it, maybe it doesn't exist. <laughs> if I just pretend like we are the family that has it all together, maybe everybody else will believe it. Maybe if I just behave like my social media account looks like we are, maybe people we will think that's who we really are. Sometimes I don't know how to handle what is human because I was never taught how to see human. And I think because I don't see it that it doesn't exist. But just because I won't look at it doesn't mean that it's not there. I think sometimes in life we do each other a great service for, for the sake of sometimes what I want. I, it's, it's none of my business, you know, especially people we admire. And so what we do is we build great pedestals for people to fall from. Do you hear what I'm saying? We build great pedestals for, 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 peop for people to fall, for fall from in the name of honor. In, in, in the, I, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not, we're just going to pretend like that. That one isn't there. That one isn't there. But if you don't look at it, you can never help it. If you're not willing to engage it, you, you don't have the ability to help. And I think sometimes we don't want to look because I don't want to experience the pain. I don't want to know that my heroes are human. I don't want to know that my parents are human. I don't want to know that my church leaders are human. I don't want to know that my friends and the people that I'm in a relationship, it's better when we don't acknowledge the pain because then we don't have to feel it. And I think sometimes we don't want to look at evil because we don't want to be reminded that it exists. But whether I look at it or not, it exists. Sometimes I don't know how to handle what is human because I was never taught how to see what was human. I don't know how to look at it. I don't know how to look at it because if I look, if I look, I'd rather pretend like things are good. I think sometimes we don't want to look at it because I would lose, I would lose my, uh, <laughs> my egotistical position of superiority. Some, oh, the monsters we create when we refuse to look under the bed. All the monsters we create when we refuse to look under the bed. But if I would ever engage the people around me, the people that are hurting and broken and they've hurt me, they've done mean things to me, they've done things that were wrong, if I could ever just look at it though, if I could ever see you homeless man for you, if I could ever hear that you just like to wow people like I just like to wow people and the only reason that you're out here is because you're your wife and your daughter died in a car accident and you gave up. If I can look at it all of a sudden, all of a sudden I realize maybe, maybe it's not as different as I thought that it was. Maybe it's not as evil that I thought. I heard this, I think one of the most powerful stories that I heard ever before in my life was about a man who was a victim during the Jewish Holocaust. And he, he survived. This Jewish man survived the Holocaust. And there was this, this, this guy who had been responsible for turning on the gas chambers, these gas chambers where they would take all of these Jewish people and they would march them into a room. They would think that they're going to take a shower, but when they would go to take a shower, instead of water coming out of the spigot, there would be a gas that would kill them. This man survived, but yet his family members did not. People that he loved did not. He said, for years, as we went through the legal process, he said, I dreamed of the day. I dreamed of the day when I could look into that monster's eyes and tell him, you did not, you did not keep me. You did not win. You, you may have, have accomplished some evil, but you did not conquer us. He said, I dreamed of that day. And when that day came, the cameras were there. 
and he was in the courtroom. And they brought him up to this evil man who had done so much evil to all of these people. And when he brought him up to this evil man, this was his moment. Here's what happened. The Jewish man looked into the man's eyes and he just started crying. He said, no, 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 no. And they quickly took the Jewish man and they escorted him out. And, and the news cameras were there and we said, we're sorry. We're sorry that we can't even imagine. We're sorry we put you through that. We, 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 we could only imagine what it would be like to have to look into his eyes again. He said, no, it's not that. He said, no, it's not that. I'm not, I'm not crying because of that. He said, I'm crying because all of these years I wanted to look into that monster's eyes and give him a piece of my mind. He said, but when I stood there and looked into those monster's eyes, he said, I didn't see a monster. All I saw was a sad little man. Sometimes when I'm willing to actually look beyond my pain, when I'm willing to look beyond the hurt, when I'm willing to look beyond the injustice, when I'm willing to look beyond the people that stabbed me in the back, and well, they, I know you, I know that they knew better. But it doesn't change the fact that they're human. And it doesn't change the fact that you're human too. I'm telling you, it's changing the way that I want to parent. It's changing the way that I want to parent because I'm really good at teaching my kids how to be holy, but I'm not good at teaching them how to be human. I'm really good at teaching them, do this, straighten up, act right, get rid of that, don't do this, be more like this, stop that. But you know what I'm not good at? You know that anger in you, son? You're going to have that your entire life. I have that too. Your goal is to not let it overtake you. You have to know that in life it doesn't matter how holy you become. You will always still have a part in you that is human because it is God that makes you holy. It is not you that makes you holy. It is not you and your pedigree and how good you have been and how good and the things that you have accomplished that makes you worth something and it doesn't matter how holy you become you will always be human I never learned how to be human I never learned how to see human I'm gonna say something to you think about this think about it I, I know something about every single person that's watching right now okay I'm gonna tell you okay you have inappropriate thoughts sometimes and you're like, oh, oh. no, some of you just like uh, laughed awkwardly, like, huh, what? Like, you know, you ever have thoughts you shouldn't have? Ever? Yeah, okay. So you have inappropriate thoughts sometimes. So, so wife, ma'am, your husband has inappropriate thoughts sometimes. Uh, uh, sir, guess what? I know you didn't think it was possible, but that pretty little something on, on, on your right, on your left, she has inappropriate thoughts sometimes. Hey, kids, guess what? Bob and dad, Bob and dad, the ones that send you to your room for your bad attitude, they have inappropriate thoughts sometimes. Hey, parents, your kids that are your little babies, your little angels that would never do anything, you know what? They have inappropriate thoughts sometimes. I do? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I have inappropriate thoughts. Why does that feel so weird? How come when I first said it, it made you feel uncomfortable? Because you're watching church? Because you've been conditioned by society to believe that even though those things are in me, I shouldn't acknowledge them? What am I talking about? I've been taught how to be holy, but I don't know how to be human, so I just act like it isn't there. But just because I act like it isn't there doesn't mean that it isn't there. I think the reason we don't know how to handle humanity, the reason we don't know how to handle each other's human is because we were never taught how to be human. We were never taught how to be human, and some of us were just never taught how to see human. I don't want to look at it. When Noah wakes up, he, he wakes up, and he doesn't wake up like, like I, I, I would think that you would wake up from this situation. 
He wakes up and he's angry. He, 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 was, he was drinking and he got naked. And when he woke up, he's mad. Who is he mad at? See, because if it's me and I made this type of mistake and I'm waking up and I'm naked and I had too much to drink, you know what I'm thinking? Oh, God, what did I do? If I'm mad at anybody, I'm mad at me. But not Noah. Noah's mad at his son? Noah, Noah is the one who made this mistake, yet Noah gets up and he's in a fit of rage at his youngest son named Ham. You ever known people like this? You ever know, they do something and then get mad at the way that you respond to what they did? Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. You broke up with me. Why, do you, why are you mad that I got a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend? Why, why, did you, why did you get to decide that you're upset and you're angry when you're the one, you're the one that put me in this position? I'm just, I'm just trying to make the best with the cards that I've been dealt. I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask to walk in and to see you laying there naked, drunk as a skunk dead. I didn't ask for that position. Why are you mad at me for? Because sometimes we don't know how to handle our human because we weren't taught how to be human. Other times we don't know how to handle our human because we were never taught how to see human. And then there are times that we don't know how to handle our human because we were taught but forgot how to be human. You forgot, Noah, who you were before you were the big bad man of God. You forgot who you were before God picked you out of nothing and made you a somebody. You forgot who you were before you had the family and before you had the kids and before you had the business and before you had the money and before you had the accolades and people wanted to follow you on social media and they cared about what you said. You forgot who you were, sir. You forgot who you were, ma'am, and because you forgot who you were, you forgot how to handle human. See, Noah, Noah has always been a man of the soil. This is nothing new. In fact, his father was a man of the soil. They named, they named him Noah, meaning he would bring comfort in the midst of the toil as it pertains to the work of their hands. But sometimes you can forget who you are. Sometimes you can forget that I'm just, I'm just me. Sometimes you let your ego get to your mind and you step up on a pedestal and you think people owe you something. And you think because you have success that your voice should be superior to the voices of other people. And you forget that you are human. You, 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 you were taught but forgot. Since when did you become the decider of what is holy and what is unholy? Since when did your perception of what Scripture means become the superior perception of what Scripture means? Somewhere along the line, I lost sight of my human. And when I lose sight of my human, I become judgmental of everybody else's human. When, when I forget my own humanity, it goes past being critical, not just critical, not just, not just gossip and talking about people, but I actually cast judgment. Do you, hear what I, do you hear what I'm saying today? How easy is it when I forget when I am human and somehow I think I know best to judge everybody else's situation? I can't believe they're sending their kids to that school. I can't believe they're making that move. You know, they're throwing their family away. Why do you, why do you think that you get to say that? The times in life when I become judgmental are the times when I become egotistical. The times in life when I feel qualified to cast judgment on another human being is a time when I've gotten just a little bit too big for my britches. Because somehow I think because of my position, somehow I think because of my accolades, somehow I think because, I'm, because of my influence that I'm less human, and I'm not less human. Sometimes I forget what it means to be human, and it becomes hard for me to handle what is human. And you know who suffers? 
Because, because here's the thing. It's like, okay, yeah, it's what's tearing us apart, but I don't think we understand that. Do you know who suffers when I don't know how to handle my human? The future. The future suffers. He says, cursed be Canaan. Now, now Canaan is, is Ham's son. He's not, he's not even there. But what happens when I'm not able to handle the human of the people around me, the future is the one that pays. Why? Because you can manage the tension. They don't have any context. Listen to what I'm saying. You can manage the tension in the midst of the conflict. When it gets down to, down to the line, they have no context for what happens. So they're the one that pays. Can I tell you what this is really about? Evil and darkness wants to break apart the family. No, 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 you, you have to understand, this is about the family. He wants to break apart the family, and, 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 I'm and I need you to understand the context of what I'm communicating. This is so much more than mom, dad, brother, sister. I'm talking about the people that you were built to do life with. The, the enemy wants to break apart the family. Why? Because change in the future comes as a result of the family today. The things that you're battling today, folks... The things that you're confused about today, they actually don't have anything to, you, to do with you today. It has to do with your granddaddy and your daddy. Your great-granddaddy and your great and, and, and your granddaddy. The, the things that you're facing today are historical. He wants to break apart the family. See, because here's what happens. You ever see people like, that, like this and they, they say, my dad never told me that he loved me. Your dad never told you that he loved you. Why did your dad never told you? I don't, I don't know. We just, we just never said that. No, no, no. Because somewhere in your history... There was some sort of a mishandling of what was human. And people turned on each other and see, you could, hand, you could handle it because you can manage the tension between your and dad. And so you knew that he loved you, so it didn't matter that he didn't tell you. But what happened with your kid is you got into a habit where we don't say that because my dad didn't say that to me, even though I knew that from my dad. But when I get down to my kids, I'm not telling my kids that I love them. And they don't know why we don't say I love you. They just think that this is the way that it has always been. So they live their life thinking that they are loved by their father when that isn't even the case at all. All Canaan will know. Is it up? Grandpa Noah never came around. Why? Why? He isn't going to know us because, because they didn't know how to handle each other's human. They didn't know how to, to, to love each other in the midst of adversity, to be able to overlook the things that they didn't like, the things that, weren't, uh, that, that they didn't approve of, the things that they weren't on the same page about. The future is the one that suffers. He says, cursed be Canaan. Cursed be Canaan. And then he goes on and he like, like imagine. <laughs> this blows my mind. A grandfather. Pronouncing a curse on his grandson. Oh. Can you stop and think about how big of a deal that is? Like this is just a Bible narrative to you. But a grandfather puts a curse on his grandson. And then he puts this weird blessing on his other side of the family, his other sons. Now here's what's the weird thing. If you rewind just about ten verses before, God has just pronounced a, actual, a blessing. He's actually just pronounced a blessing onto Noah, and he doesn't stop at Noah. He says, I also bless every single one of your kids, and he names them by name. And this is what he says. He says, I give you everything. Just verses later, Noah doesn't know how to handle the human and the people. He gets up, and he pronounces a curse. Now, here's my question. If, if, if there's a duel between God's word and Noah, a man of the soil, a man's word, whose word should win? Whose blessing should be the real blessing? Wouldn't you say that it should be God? 
if, if you have God's word coming forth and man's word coming forth, how come, how come, how come when you look into the future, it's actually Noah's word that comes to pass? You know why? Because that stuff gets stuck in your head. It's one thing for God to pronounce a blessing, but when people you trust and people you value and you've pedestaled them and you've trusted them for years, when they say things to you that hurt you, man, that stuff gets stuck in your head. This is why I say, man, if there's one lesson, I've, sometimes, sometimes you people, people who have authority, people who have things, I'm talking to business owners and business leaders and parents and people who are influential, I plead with you, remember that your words are heavy. There's one thing that I've had to learn the hard way is that there's things that I say, I didn't mean it like that, but it weighs more because of the position that I'm in. It weighs more because of the person. I, when I say things to my kids, it's not the same as some random person saying something to them. Why, why would the curse be carried? Because that stuff gets stuck in your head. It's hard to escape. Have you ever been in a position where words were said in love, but they were felt in hate? I heard what you said. I knew you meant it in love, but you were fighting for what is right, but the way that you said it made me feel so wrong. You, you let me know that you did not approve of the decisions that I was making, but did you ever care to wonder why I was making the decisions that I was making? Because I discovered something on the inside of me that I didn't know how to deal with. There was, there was evil in me. There were desires and emotions and feelings that I didn't know how to navigate. I found out that I was human, and I was never taught how to be human. I was never taught how to see human. And what evil wants to do is he wants to break apart relationships. He wants to break apart families so that you will live your life believing that you're cursed because of your behavior. Here's the other, other part. Or live your life thinking that you're blessed when you're really not. This is the great deception of evil. If he can get you to not handle the human of other people, and the human of yourself, right? Here's where this, it's a trap. It's a trap, it's a trap, straight up a trap. He'll get you believing that you're cursed because of your behavior when you're really not. Or he'll get you believing that you're blessed when you're really not. He says, he says, blessed be the God of Shem and Japheth. Listen to the blessing. He says, Canaan shall be your slave and serve you all the days of your life. So the blessing the blessing is that my other family members become my slave? The, the blessing, oh, time out. So, you're, so I'm blessed when the people around me all of a sudden become servants? You think that, can I tell you something? If you think being blessed is about climbing some socioeconomic ladder, and if you think a blessing is about getting other people to serve you, and if you think being blessed is getting other people to see your name in life and say, oh, how often you don't understand a blessing, friends, because a true blessing is not when people are my slave and they serve me. A true blessed life is when God has taken care of me so much that I can be a blessing to people who meant to harm me, people who wanted to use me, people who were out to get me, people who said, oh, you haven't seen your last day yet. I'm going to come for you. But a true blessed, you know what a true blessed life is? A true blessed life is when I get to be a blessing to those who cursed me. <laughs> when I get to bless those who spitefully use me. That's, that's a blessed life. But if he can keep us in fractions, if he can keep us divided, if he can keep us divided over what? Our humanness that I have and you have 
and you can fake it all you want, but it's in you. You can fake it all you want, but it's, but it's in you. I know you can handle my holy, but can you handle my human? I know you can handle the parts of me that are put together. I know you can handle the parts of me that agree and do the things that you want me to do. I know that you can handle the parts of me that are well-behaved and don't ruffle any feathers. I know that you can do the parts of me that just stay faithful, just stay faithful and never say nothing that runs cross-grained to the system. I know you can handle that, but can you handle my human? Can you handle the parts of me that make you mad? Can you, can you handle the parts of me that make you want to hurt me? How do you handle those things? Because those are the things that matters. What am I supposed to, how do I handle, how do I handle what is human? Like the way Paul said it, see no man after the flesh. See no man after the human. Because we're all human. My dad continued, he said, that, you have to remind me of what the, the, the scripture is, but you said, you say, for this reason many are sick, Many are weak and many die prematurely. And he talks about the discerning of the Lord's body. This is community, but this application is we are the Lord's body. You just, you just talked about this at our, at our worship night. For this reason, many are sick, many are weak, and many die prematurely. For, for, for what? For how they treat a people. So is it like some magical spell? No, it's not a magical spell. You don't understand when you don't treat people right, it gets in your system. It's like, it's like poison in your veins. Haven't you heard, like, bitterness, how you think that it's going to hurt somebody else, but it really poisons you? you, you this, that's, that's, this, that's this principle. If I don't learn how to handle what is human, I'll never become the person that I want to become. This is the thing about, this is the, folks, this is the, this is the great deception. This is the great, we live in a world where activism is huge. And I'm number one guy to say, yeah, let's be activists. I'll march, I'll march with you. But you know that's only a part of the equation. The purpose of activism is to bring awareness of things that we need to tweak when we go home. That's the reason that we march. That's the reason we say, we're, hey, we have a problem. Why? So that we go home, we can fix it. We, we can work on it. Why? Because in the home is where I'm supposed to show my human. People that I'm supposed to be doing, I should, I should be able to. But, but, but if we don't make changes in the home, I'm never going to see change in the world. He doesn't want you to handle the human right. You know why? Because he's trying to mess up your future. I hope, I hope this is getting through. He's trying to mess up your future. And you think your future is going to be messed up if you don't get the job opportunity. No, 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 no. How are you treating your spouse? How are you, and I'm not just talking about, I'm talk, how are you treating the people that make you so angry? Do you know I have people that make me just angry? But can I handle their human? Can I say, uh, you make me really mad, but I know you're fighting for the same thing that I'm fighting for. And I think that I'm right, and you think that you're right. And so I'm going to make a choice to handle your human with grace and with dignity and respect. And I'm going to see you after the spirit and not after the flesh because you're on a journey just like I'm on a journey. What would life be like if we could, if we could just give humility a big old hug? I don't need to be right. Who, okay, now I'm going to, if I haven't been in your face, I'm going to get in your face a little bit. Like, who did you talk bad about this last week? Who, who were you critical of? I, I know some people that I, were, I was critical of. 
Who, who did you say, well, you know, who, 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 who? I want you to think about their names. How are you handling their human? Because it will affect your future. That's strong. And you know, because how other people handled your human in the past has affected your present. Would you close your eyes with me? Wherever you're at. I want to give the Spirit of God an opportunity to heal some old wounds. Because I think that we, I talk about the, the words of, of influential people. Some of you, some of you, the words of your father. I really think that God had me talk about this the week before Father's Day because I think for some of you, you're going to have a Father's Day like you've never had before. Because you've, you've held these chips on your shoulder for all of your life. I never had this. They were never that. The things that they said. But you forget that they're human just like you're human. So you, you, you've held on to these wounds that were wrong. And it, it is even, but, but, but we all have, it's flesh nature. Like we can't get into all of these details today. But we all have what is called a flesh. We have evil that, want, that wants to lead us astray that comes from within us. How are you handling it? How are you handling the humanity of your parents that hurt you? How are you handling the humanity of your children that disappointed you? How are you handling the human? In the second, can you just open your heart unto God? And um, Tavo, I, I want you in a second, you can just take a moment, but I want you just to this whole thing that I'm talking about. And I want you just to sing something off the cuff, not scripted, because I think sometimes there's, there's song that can go forth and it can do things that I can't do with my words. And I want to give you a moment. I want to give the Holy Spirit a moment just to show you things that I can't show you. Sometimes we don't handle people's human well because we want people to pay a price for their human. Somebody already did that. His name is Jesus. Did you hear me? They need to pay. Somebody already paid the price. But I want them, but I want them to pay. Somebody already paid. Somebody already paid. You, it, you, you just want them to pay in a different way. But that's your ego talking, folks. That's your hurt. And it's real. Your hurt is real. Your pain is real. It doesn't make it less than. It doesn't make it less than. But you, you, you have to know that somebody already paid the price. Right where you're at, would you just close your eyes? Holy Spirit, would you bring healing to broken hearts? I pray for dads today that have been wounded by their fathers. I just pray for dads that have been wounded by words from their fathers. And their dads didn't mean it. It was words said in love, but it was felt in hate. I just ask that the Holy Spirit would bring healing in a way that only God can. Restoration in a way that only God can. I just declare in your family and in your life that this Father's Day is going to be different than other Father's Days. You've always kind of braced for impact when it comes to Father's Day. It's a, it's a holiday that you kind of overlook because I don't like that day. I declare that God is waking up the mighty men in this church. I declare out of the sound of my voice that God is, is breaking off wounds and breaking off calluses and breaking off concrete encasements that men have been boxed into as a result of the journey that they walked. I declare today that you will no longer be prisoner to your pain. You will no longer be prisoner not to the holiness of your father but to the humanity of your father. You've looked around at other dads and my dad wasn't holy like that dad. My dad wasn't set apart like that dad. My dad had drug issues. My dad had abuse issues. My dad had anger problems. My dad had alcohol problems. My dad was a drug addict. Yeah, your dad was just human but God is greater than humanity 
and you're human too. Human is all in us. And God has this ability to transform humanity and make it holy. Would you open your heart where you're at and allow God to heal in a way that only God can heal? Let into it, Top. Sing something. Sing something. I'm nothing without you. No, I'm nothing without your spirit in me. Yep. No, I'm nothing without you. No, I'm nothing without your love within me. No, I'm nothing without you. Without your spirit in me, no, no, I'm nothing without you. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, I'm nothing without you. Hold us open your heart, stay in this moment. We're almost done. Allow God. Sometimes you won't even feel anything, but he's working and he's moving. When you give him your mind and you give him your space, when you give him your breath, when you sit in a moment and open your heart, let him do what only he can do. nothing without your love. Come on, get that curse out of your head. Get that curse out of your head. Get that curse out of your head. Get that thing in you that believes that because of your behaviors that you're disqualified, because you're not as good as the people that you see. You don't know what happens behind closed doors. Get that curse out of your head. What God has called blessed, let no man curse. What God has called blessed, let no man curse. What God has called blessed, let no man curse. Do you hear me today? He has blessed you that he would bless you, that he would keep you. That his face would shine brightly upon you, that he would give you peace. What God has blessed, let no man curse. What God has blessed, let him prosper. Let him prosper. Let him prosper. Yes, God.
because there's been something that's been chasing you. Uh, there's been something that's been chasing you for a really, really long time, and you've been terrified that it's going to look at my look into my eyes. Some of you have been bracing for impact because there's been something that has been chasing you and your family for a very, very long time. And you're afraid that it's going to catch up to you. You've tried to ignore it and live an illusion that you're blessed. But when you try to sleep at night, it keeps you awake because you're terrified because you know, you know the reality of the situation. You feel disqualified. Listen to me. God is blessed. No man can curse. Listen to me. You are not disqualified because you are human. Hear me. It is not you that makes you holy. It is God. This is why he gave us Jesus. This is why we say we come as we are. Do we stay as we are? No. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about how do I handle the human part of me? And I just declare over your family today that the chains are broken. I declare over your business today, the chains are broken. I declare over your ministry today, the stain has been er erased. I don't know who needs to hear that. The stain has been erased. There's been a stain, there's been a stain, there's been a stain. And when you know better, you do better. So you've gotten down the road, you think, man, I probably shouldn't have done that like that. But there's been a stain, there's been a scarlet letter attached to, I, I, I believe it's for a ministry. I believe it's, it's, it's somebody in ministry trying to help people and you've been, you've, been, you've been held back. It's like your hands have been tied because you live with the regret of knowing what you did. And I just declare over you today, it, you, you, you're making it holy and it was human. I declare over you today, the stain has been erased. The, the, stain, the stain has been erased. The stain has been erased. Be free. 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 Some of you need to embrace the freedom that you give to others. It's easy to tell other people what Jesus did for them, but when it pertains to your business and your family and your ministry, you know that you don't deserve it. I declare over you today, be free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. This is the thing that Jesus cares about that nobody else cares about. It's your freedom. Be free. You're okay. Just as you are, so be free, be free, hear, hear that, you're okay, just as you are, so be free. I said, you're okay, just as you are, so be free, be free, he who the sun sets free is free, that's why Christianity is powerful, friends, it's powerful. said we want sometimes even after hearing this message your, your psychology is so programmed to not handle human that you're going to go back yeah but they still need to pay somebody already paid hear me somebody already paid 
there's two, there's, and I'm over time, but we, we, usually, we usually can't handle people's human because we want people to pay or we want to be the savior. Both roles are taken. I'm comfortable with your human if I feel like I can help. If I feel like I can fix you, come in all day. You did what? Oh, come here. Let, because what? It feeds my ego. Let me take care of you. Let me be your spiritual mentor and advisor. What am I talking about? You're, we're, we're all in this together, folks. That's what I'm trying to drill today. You're human. I'm human. I'm holding a microphone. I'm no better than you because I'm holding a microphone. I get to help you connect the dots. You can help me do other things based upon the God gifts he's given you to do. But I'm not more holy. I'm just as human. God, would you help us to embrace our position so that our future no longer has to pay? I hope you hear what this is about. This really isn't about today. This is about tomorrow. I don't want your kids to be confused. I don't want generations to be, generations to come to be confused. What happened? What happened? And nobody ever knows because we just kept quiet and acted like it didn't exist and managed the tension behind closed doors and they suffered. God, would you help us today? To not just be able to handle what is holy, but God, would you help us today to be able to handle what is human? If you're here today and never made a decision to place your faith in Christ, this is what enables you to live beyond the curse. Of what? Of man. When you exist on this planet, you are subjected to the curse of man. When I place my faith in God, I'm no longer subjected to that curse. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Very simple. Very, very simple. I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to try to talk you into it. I believe your heart compels you to do so. Today is your day. So would you say this prayer out loud with me, everybody watching? I told you that I love you. I love you. I believe in you. I believe in your families. I believe that you're worth something even though you've done bad things. I believe even though you know you, like nobody knows you, that you are still worthy of God's grace, and God's mercy, and God's love. And I want to be better at how I handle your human. My challenge to you is that you would be better to how you handle the human of those around you. I pray this prayer out loud. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart, and I say out of my mouth, you are the Son of God. I believe that you lived for me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe you came back from the dead for me. Today I call you my Savior and I make you my Lord. Help me to live the life that you made me to live. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.